This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, the Halifax defenders making a mess of that. It's done, it's done, it's through. Oh, with a good header, finding Dunn, O'Regan, to Dunn, oh, oh my God, that's a great three, oh, it's Only two to aim at, this is done. And it's gone in! It's stayed in! Simon Trevich, Bullock, Bill Robertson, Ian Dunn gets a shot in, and a fantastic goal by Ian Dunn, who's done it once again. Four minutes from time, and Ian Dunn, who has this lovely habit of scoring in cup ties, has done it again to give Huddersfield down a 4-1 advantage. Picked on by Dunn, but no one there, or no one from the town side. Brave header, goes to Dunn. He's there! He's there! Ian Dunn has scored! Huddersfield Town won! Bradford City won! Scored in the 84th minute! 
Price came back from Ronnie Jepson. It was Dunn who was there to put Huddersfield in front. And so to that little bit of history at the McAlpine Stadium where Huddersfield Town became the first club in English football to win a cup tie in an extra time sudden death playoff. The victims were Lincoln City, the final score 3-2. And the man who will feature in the quiz books, goal scorer Ian Dunn. This season gets his chance here. And Ian Dunn likewise is on for Huddersfield Town in place of Gary Crosby. Dunn immediately goes over to take up the same position that Crosby has been filling. And it is a tactical switch, we are told. And Nick on the touchline, hit straight away in possession, is Dunn. And he floats one across here, boots in, Jepson's there, Billy's in! A goal, Chris Billy, Huddersfield Town! Thunderous applause around Wembley! What a substitution, because Ian Dunn played his part in it! Okay, so as, as usual, this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, sadly, at the moment, Magic Rock is closed due to the uh, coronavirus outbreak, but the Welcome Centre, who are very close to uh, what Magic Rock do, are still open, and uh, if you've got a little bit of spare money ha- hanging around at the minute, they uh, are taking a couple of donations for people who are struggling at the moment. So uh, have a check of uh, the HTSA uh, website and social media, uh, as well as the Cowshed Loyal, and uh, if you can help out, that would be fantastic and uh, and hopefully we come out of this uh, quite soon okay welcome back to the ian dunn interview this is part two and we'll pick it up as ian starts to talk about the road to wembley right and so this 93 94 season we made this this bad start and then all of a sudden there's a little maybe an unknown trophy in huddersfield captures the imagination and the first perhaps the first game i remember there's a penalty shootout where you've scored in a, a penalty shootout for huddersfield and we've seen how good Huddersfield Town have been in, in cup penalty shootouts uh, yeah. in the last few years. But there's a cup, there's one game in particular where perhaps this season, which has started going a way that we didn't want it to, all of a sudden goes on an upward trajectory. And that's a game at Edgeley Park at Stockport where there's a real mm. pinball goal. I'm just wondering what your memory is from from Stockport. That that game, it's the, it was the, uh, what did they call yeah. it then, Cosy? It wasn't the LDV, but it was the Autoglass Trophy, wasn't it? It was the Autoglass Trophy. Autoglass Trophy, yeah. Yeah, Northern Autoglass. Area Semi-Final. It's had a lot of names. Yeah. Football League Trophy, as, as they call it now. Yeah. Just talk us through yeah. that game at, uh, at yeah. Stockport. Again, I think that season, are you saying in the Cup games, I was scoring goals. But, um, yeah, that's that night at Stockport, we weren't fancied because it was Stockport were flying high, weren't they? And they had, um, you remember Kevin Francis? You know, 10 yeah. foot five. I can still see him from my house, yeah. That's a good team, Stockport, then. Yeah. It was huge, and um, and they're a really good team. Stop, oh, really good team. Um, but Warnock had a had a basically had a plan. If you stopped Francis, you just about stopped Stockport, which is probably true looking back. And he basically had um, centre back behind Francis with no intention of actually winning the ball, and someone just in front of him with every intention of upsetting him. And <clears throat> so we played for you know with nine men most of the game because two were taken up on Francis. Uh, at, all, at all parts of the game, they just followed Francis like a ghost. If you watch the game back, you'd see it. Yeah. One just in front, one just behind, and he couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything because he was a good player, but he couldn't do anything. Front and back, yeah, front and back. Yeah, so we negated that, and then it was just a case of trying to break them down. I think, yeah, it was a real, the ball was pinballing around. Someone had a shot. Chris Billy had a shot cleared off the line. I think, to be honest, I think before I actually scored, I think their player had unballed it. We, yeah. we would have got penalty. Shoveled, shoveled it, didn't he? Like, yeah, he saved it like a keeper. Shoveled it up, and then it's come to me, and I've put it away. And the referee 
made the right decision and let the goal stand. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have liked to have lost that one. But um, I think overall in that game, we actually came out of it full of confidence. I think we deserved to actually win it. Um, we'd got tactics right. The players are on spot, on point. And um, I think there was a belief that we were going to get to Wembley. You know, this was it was our time. I think we had Carlisle in the semi-final, wasn't it? Was that the yeah. Right? yeah. We had Carlisle in the semi-final, yeah. But we beat Stockport along the way and that was a, that was a tough game. Mm. Carlisle was the, uh, I think, was the Northern Area final, which is like the semi-final because for anybody that listens that's only seen town in the top two divisions, uh, you would have a Northern and Southern section and then your Northern Area final was technically a semi-final, wasn't it? Um, yeah. We nearly blew it though, Matt. Then now nah, we did everything we could to cock it up. I remember that. Yeah. I was thinking. Mm. Well, we beat them. I think I scored the first. We beat them four one at home. Yeah, I scored the first. Come to pitchy, and I've seen this last week. Carlisle had a big following, and they took they were a chicken that come on the side. Didn't let a pitch or the hen or something. <laughs> you said goat last week. I'm sure he said it was a goat last oh, week. Oh, it's changing every week. But yeah, it's I. That were like we were at Wembley pretty much, and then it. I remember one of their guys at Carlos got an absolute thunderbolt. And I Joyce, thought, wasn't it? Joyce. Oh, the away, yeah. No worries. We were up against it that night at Brunton Park. No doubt about it. It was it was all going wrong. Um, and I can't exactly remember what happened, but somehow we, we held out, didn't we? There was some right crowd trouble at Hendy, and I remember just oh, the game, yeah, well, people in bed at pitch, and we were brutal. And I don't know if you even got off pitch in one piece, uh, I remember we were trying yeah. to celebrate and they were coming on to try and fight and it were like... Oh, they played about oh. seven or eight minutes injury time, didn't they? That's right. And it were, it were horrendous. It were absolutely horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Awful. How did it feel about going to Wembley? What It must have been in another amazing moment in your career. Oh, like. man. I mean, you know, played at goal, you know, a like year and a half before then and then you suddenly, like you say, you, you beat Carlisle 4-1 and I think everyone thought, we're, off to, we're actually going to Wembley. And yeah, I mean, that... There's nothing bigger, is there, in football? You, you're going to play a cup final at Wembley, proper Wembley. Um, but then to have it nearly taken away from you, I remember us all, we were all very oh, exceptionally nervous near the end of that Carlisle game. But yeah, with the, with the realisation that we're playing at Wembley, I think there was a spurt in performances around that time, wasn't there? Um, I think the big thing with Wembley for me was the one Peter Jackson were dropped when they all would have left out. Left out, yeah. I'll never forget the team news then, and they were like, that were like a wow. I couldn't believe yeah. what we were in that. What did you what did you think Ian when you saw the team? Or did you know about it a few days before that he wouldn't be involved? Yeah, Jacko was so influential. I mean, first of all, I loved him. He was a brilliant bloke um, and a really good footballer, obviously. But again, very similar to the this this Phil Starbuck scenario, you kind of always felt there was something between him and Warnock that he just wasn't a Warnock player for whatever reason. Um but Warnock used him to to, to when he needed him. But you just get the feeling that that Wembley trip, that was, everyone knew that was the end of Jacko. That was, it couldn't have been a clearer signal that you won't be playing for me again and you'll, you'll, you'll make the decision. I've left you out, but you'll want to go. Um, and I think we all felt that was coming that week before. That week before was brilliant, by the build up. So uh, it could have been any cup, it could have been Champions League for me. The build up in the, in the town in Huddersfield, the paper every day, the TV interviews, it felt like you were playing towards something massive. How did Jacko uh, take it, Ian? Was he upset or did he... How do you think he took it? Well, yeah. <laughs> Not repeatable for a family podcast, then, eh? No. <laughs> to, to be honest, yeah. one of the buzzes for me from that... He didn't take um, it well. ...from that autograph one were queuing up for tickets. That was it, Sam. Just the, the yeah. queue round Lee Road yeah. to get tickets were just Yes, no, I remember. I do remember, yeah. I do and remember. It was just, it was, that, that was just 
because we've never been before. Yeah. Just the buzz in the queue. I mean, people get really, really uptight in queue now, but the, the, the buzz, because we've never been before and everyone, everyone was just happy. Didn't yeah. matter how long you were queuing for hours, nobody cared. You're going to get yeah. a ticket for Wembley and that would just, you know, that's, we're going to see town at Wembley. Little did we know we were going back again a year later. Ridiculous. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. stuff. The, the week before as well, Neil, I remember, um, you'll probably remember this game, but we played Bradford City at home the week before and um, the scourge of Bradford City popped up again, down to 10 men, Chris Billy sent off with, uh, you know, the shoulder on the line. I'm sure we were done over that day. And um, we, we really battered them second half and as supporters, I remember sat there and we're all singing, we're going to Wembley and they were kind of like, you know, red-faced, a little bit green and red, if you like, and really, really good times. And then they, they went 1-0 up against us. And I remember thinking, I'd love to win at Wembley, but I don't want to lose this game as well. And then up pops uh, that right-wing position again and uh, a crossing in off your, your favourite woodwork again. Yeah, it was, yeah. Just, I, I, again, it was another one of them. You knew as soon as you hit it, it was going in. I think it hit the bottom, right, bottom post, didn't it? Across the face of the goal. Um, yeah, I mean... Me and Bradford, the summit there, and I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, that was a, a real and, and it sort of helped ensure that I was going to be playing the week after, being involved as well for the Wembley trip. So. And what was when like was it almost like we got there? Let's just have a good day, or were you proper hundred no. oh, percent no. to win it? No, no, the, um, the preparation was brilliant. I mean, the preparation. To be fair, we went down to oh, what's the famous golf place in Midlands? Belfry? Was it Belfry? Or something? Belfry. Yeah. Belfry. That's the one. Um, we went down there for a couple of days as um, not as a, a thank you or anything. It, it was one of his, in his head, he just wanted you, because everything with the town was buzzing, like you say, it was buzzing, getting everyone excited. I think he thought, you know what, I'm going to take the lads away to somewhere where they're on their own and they can be there with themselves and prepare for this game. So we did a good couple of training sessions, had um, a good couple of beers on one of the nights. Um, this was at the early start of the week and it was his way of preparing you mentally the game coming up, um, he knew the TV cameras were following us. I think there was a we're in a jacuzzi somewhere, and cameras are there videoing and all that. He got all that out of the way in the first couple of days of that week, and then from then on, it was it was heads on the game. I know we didn't win, but um, we were up against a good team that day. But um, no, we we went there to try and win. Having said that, I remember the day before you get to walk around the pitch, you get onto the pitch and walk around, and I remember myself looking up going. <laughs> This is unbelievable. And we're all the same. Imagine it was me, Boozy, John Dyson, Chris Billy. Um, there was the lads who had come from non-league, all a little bit in awe of Wembley, to be honest. Because it, it's, yeah, it is kind of a special place. But, yeah, I, I might be way off mark here, but it sort of, it, I got the feeling that going there year before was brilliant for us to go back the year after. Oh, when it, I mean, the, the, the year after, let's be, let's be honest, when it really meant something. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, th- I think agree. the first one, as, as a fan, I'd have loved to see us win that autoglass trophy, but to get to see town at Wembley, that will like, this might be the one and only, when yeah. I milk it for everything it's worth. Yeah. Ridiculous type morning, stop at service station where there's thousands there. Yeah. That were all about the day. The Bristol Rovers one were about business, wasn't it? That, were, that really was serious stuff. Yeah. And I think being there the year before, it, can't, it, it can only have helped. Yeah. I mean, one of the players that affected that first game was Bullock, because I was sub. You know, by that time, I was starting to be sub every other week, and I kind of accepted that because Warnock, he, he said he always said I'd be involved, so I, I took that as well. I'm happy with that, and he always seemed to know when to bring me on, when to use me, or, and he'd 
then he'd play me for three or four games and I'd be sub again and in and out. I was an in and out sort of player, but it worked, you know. But um, I knew I was going to be in the squad for Wembley. That I was over the moon with that. But he, I think Pully got pulled at half time, didn't he? I think I came on at half time in that autograph um, final because um, Bully's head had gone. He was going to get he was going to get sent off. It was too much for him. Um, you know what Bully's like. It once he once he'd gone, basically that you know you've lit the touch, baby. He's he's off. Um, so Warnock recognised that, dragged him. Um, I mean, obviously we lost the game overall, but. It was a good learning curve. I, I bet Bully, looking back now, even though half-time he wasn't happy, looking back, it probably helped him for the year after. You know what I mean? To to control his emotions, to control himself. Um, that you have to, the way you have to when you're playing in any cup final, but one that's at Wembley that, that actually meant so much that following year. Um, I'm no doubt that that definitely helped us all that first game. Ian, and obviously in between that and the, and the season starting next time, we we were leading Leeds Road for the last time, but. You kind of were in a, obviously not kind of a town kind of junior coming through. How, how did it feel for you? Did you feel kind of part of the emotion as well? Because yeah, uh, yeah. for some of us, I mean, tears and God, it was like losing someone in the family, really. It was quite an upsetting time, really. Really weird. Yeah, massively because I came to the club and to me, this was like a proper football ground. And the, you know, the noise it generated, it, was, it felt like, and the surface, it was like, it's like what you remember football was all about before modern day football grounds you know it was a traditional pitch and, and surface and an area but countering that was the excitement as a player so yeah it was really sad we were leaving and I genuinely mean it it was because it held so much dear memories for me never mind the fans but to counter that was the excitement of you watching this behemoth of a the newest football ground in the country was being built 500 yards away and we're watching that going up, and I remember thinking, my God, I hope I'm still here when that goes up, because you wanted to be in it. It was, you could see it's going to be special. And it was, it was, it was, it is special. You know, for me, again, it was, it's a special place. Okay, it's not as tra- traditionally special, but it's a new era of special. And at that time, you probably remember it yourselves, but when that ground was going up, I mean, the publicity and the excitement that it generated across the country, maybe even Europe, that this, Modern stadium was going up in Huddersfield. It was, uh, they were good times as well. You know, they were, you know, it was still good that that was happening to Huddersfield Town. We'll move on to that new, new season then, Ian. So, 94, 95, and, and, you know, the, the videos, a new beginning, you know, for those that have seen the video. And we, we started, obviously, we lost the first game, Simon Garner, Wickham, we lost 1 0, but probably a good thing to get that out of the way nice and early, you know, to, to get the yeah. pressure off. Um, we made an absolutely electric start to that season. We 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 didn't lose then for another thirteen games. Uh, fantastic top of the league, and then came forgive me for saying like it's like this, but a bit of a flashpoint for you if you like was that away game at York City where Paul Barnes and John McCarthy took us to bits, didn't they? The great players that they had. Where we, we had the ten men as well, didn't Tommy get sent off? Tom Cowan sent off early doors, yeah, for a bit of a bonfire night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and obviously with bonfire come fireworks. Ian, do you, do you remember that? The firework yeah. coming in from the away. So for those that don't know, a firework came in and hit well hit towards your face, didn't it? Yeah, it didn't actually hit me. It actually went off as it flew past my head. So I was like, you know, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. It was just a deafening sound. There was no sparks or anything. It didn't say anything hit me, but it was just the noise. And I think it must have, as it's gone off, gone right past my ear. 
Um, and it was deafening. My, my left ear was deafening. I didn't know what it literally. Can you imagine from nowhere this bang happening right next to your head? And for about, I don't know, two or three seconds, it seemed like an, an eternity. But for a few seconds, I wondered what the hell has just happened? Um, I didn't think bomb or anything like that, but it was just shock of, I have no idea what just happened there. And then I could hear sort of, you know, that in the war fields where you hear the din of someone, they can, they can hear everything oh, around yeah, them. They, yeah. it's, it's like underwater. It was like that for a few minutes after then. And it's like, my God, what? I have no idea what just happened. And then it'd come from the town fans, obviously. I'd like to think it wasn't aimed at us, but it was a bit mindless that it happened anyway. Because if it had been one of York players, it'd have been equally as bad. Um, and I'm, I'm just lucky it didn't hit me in the face, really. So that that was that that York game was obviously a bit unfortunate, but that that season was amazing, really. For me, that's the first the first promotion season I ever saw as a fan. You know, the ride was amazing. You know, the players, so many characters. You know, you look through the team. Yeah. You got Tom Cowan. You got Sinnott, Scully, Trevor. Yeah. Steve Francis, you can name them all, Bullock, Duxbury, you know, Gary Crosby, you, Chris Billy, Ronnie yeah. Jepson, Andy Booth, you know, I've gone through the entire entire team there, Kevin Blackwell on yeah. the bench. What what was it like to play in that team and get on that run and, and what, what sort of memories and stories have you got from that that amazing run that took us back to, to Wembley? He just, yeah, he just, yeah, but we shouldn't have gotten to Wembley. We were, I think we were the best team in the league that year, but we just got derailed a little bit. Um, was it Birmingham? Birmingham, Birmingham won the league, yeah. Yeah. And we somehow ended up in playoffs. We'd been we'd been top dogs for most of the season, if I remember rightly, or certainly within touching distance yeah. of, of still Morris. still top on the eighth of April, and then I think we didn't win in the last five, and we went to drop to fifth, which was the lowest okay. we've been since I think the first two or three games of the season. Yeah, it was as if we bottled it, wasn't it? Yeah, a little but bit. For the majority of the season, I felt, and I think we all felt, we were the best team, or the, certainly the toughest team to beat. We're a really tough team to beat. And we had Boothie and Ronnie, who could score goals from nothing, uh, and 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 I could help a little bit. Uh, there was Gary Crosby. We had goals from midfield. Paul Reed, remember Paul Reed? Mm. A little, you know, magic left foot on him. Um, in fact, everywhere you looked, there was a good footballer in their own in their own respect. So you had Logie, who, all right, he wasn't a messy, but he was plumbing hard as nails, you know, and he could put a tackle in and he could pass the ball. Then you had the yeah. who was he was flair. He could tackle, but he had a bit of flair about him. <clears throat> you, got, you had Ronnie, who basically was like Boothie's minder. Um, just all over the team, there was good footballers and fit, fit and strong footballers. Pat Scully, centre half, um, brilliant centre half. It was just a very, very good group of players that Warnock had assembled towards the end of that season. That, that I think Town must have got whiff that something special was happening, so they started recording a lot from you know, sort of the end of the season, you know, the, the videos. And talk us through the Warnock rants that he had in the dressing room because there's one from Birmingham City, which is probably a bit lesser known, and it's the Shrewsbury Town one, which I think he uses you as a little ragdoll almost, doesn't he, as he's moving you yeah. around like a... a, a and his model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just tell us, was that what he was always like or was that a little bit for the cameras maybe? Or um, Well, we didn't know. I, I, I had no recollection that was being cap videoed at the time. I can't, it, was, it was years later when I saw it and thought, Oh yeah, there were cameras following us, but with no recollection of that happening. But they were they were clearly following us all over the place. Um, or maybe it's just me. Maybe I just didn't take any notice. But yeah, that Shrewsbury game we'd had a it should never have been played. That game, I don't know if any were there. The pitch was like a. It, I mean, when I say waterlogged, it was you know, it was underwater. It should never have been played. And and we found ourselves. I think we were two 0 down at half time, and we played dismally. 
Tim Clark. Uh, I was on the bench. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, I've come in at half time and literally everyone was, I mean, he, he couldn't have been wetter if he'd jumped in the river. Sodden. And uh, I had my big boiler suit on and the next minute I know he's, he's having to go everyone. Deservedly so, because we were playing badly. With the caveat, it shouldn't have been played, but it was as if, don't use that as an excuse, lads. You've got to be better than this. You're the team, blah, blah, blah. And he's dragged me up, hasn't he? And I think that's the video clip where I am literally getting, <laughs> yeah, ragdoll is probably the word. And uh, he, he was having a go at everyone. And I remember Boothy, that's hilarious. Boothy was, he was, I mean, again, he couldn't have been wetter. And he said to Boothy, for God, you know, in nicer words, for God's sake, go and get a shower. And I think Boothy thought it was coming off. So he starts to take his top off. And Warnock says, what are you doing? I said, well, I don't know, am I, am I coming off? He says, are you not a, are you heck? No, you're not. Get in the shower. You're shaking like a dog. Warm up. So <laughs> my memories of Boothy, fully kitted, went into the Shrewsbury shower under hot water. He was, he was warming himself up. He didn't want to get a warm shower, but because Warnock had told him to, he, he, he did. Um, it was just, it was, it was looking back. It was actually, it was, it was a chasing experience, but it was funny because, like I say, we Warnock, he, he, he had proper pops at players at that half time. And by the Monday morning, it'd gone. You, it was wipe the slate, clean her off again. But that was, just, it was, that was just Warnock. But his half time team talks, they weren't often as bad as that. There was profanities, a lot of them, but a lot of it was positive reinforcement, if you like. He was, he was, he was manipulating players positively. Most of the times I remember. And even that Shrewsbury one, I mean, I don't know if you've listened back, not a lot of it makes a great deal of sense. But what he did was he riled everyone. He, he got everyone up. Now, I don't think we won the game, but I think we're putting a much better second half performance. But he knew we'd probably lost that game. He knew there was the pitch was bad, everything was against us. Everyone. What he got was a reaction. And I think, again, going back to how clever he was, he could get players, he put arms around the right ones, he rollicked the, the other ones. He knew his players. He also knew match situations. And he knew that we probably had a game. He was probably at half time at Shrewsbury. He probably conceded that in his head. I might be talking out, you know, he's never said this, but I look back and think he probably gave up on that game. He was thinking of the next game. And what he was doing was he was getting all his rollickings out at that half time because that's all he could do, knowing that, hey, I want to see who's going to react here. And the ones that did played in the next game. And I think we probably won the next game. So, so that's yeah, sorry. Our biggest signings were Lee Duxbury and Lee Sinnott. Uh, massive. And I remember, I think they were that, yeah, I think they were in January. And I just remember at the time that was a statement of intent for me because, yeah, I just felt they was it about 450 grand for two of them. Yeah, and a lot of money in them days. That was a lot of money. Team Bradford as well. We, we, so, we yeah. signed them both from Bradford on it was somewhat like Christmas Eve or Boxing yeah. Day, it was. Um, they played away at Old first match and we lost because Graham Mitchell went all the way. He went to Bradford at the same time. That's right. They did. They came in on, but I think it was Boxing Day. It was the first time yeah. we first time we knew about it, and yeah. but they were straight in the team. And you just you knew they were good players. You know, even though we lost that game, you knew straight away. Warnock knew what he was doing. He'd got in. Lee Sinnott was just a proper. They were a proper leader, wasn't it? Who Lee Sinnott? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sinbad was um, a real nice bloke as well. Again, yeah. a nice bloke. I tell you what, he wasn't recognised. He was a good footballer, you know. He was a, he was yeah. a good centre-half, tough, win everything in the air, but he was really good on the ball as well um, for a centre-half in them days. He was, he was like, he'd fit in now, if you know what I mean. Is that, yeah. was that yeah. kind of player? Yeah, Whereas we'd be used to maybe the likes of, 
when you agree to other player as well, wasn't he? So, yeah. But yeah, Simpson, it was a good good footballer. And, and Duxley, again, he could put a foot in and he was a good footballer. So, let's keep going. Sorry. That's a, so, like we mentioned, the last five games of that season were a little bit, uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was like the bottled it. It just seemed like a bit tired, maybe a bit mentally tired. How did Warnock lift you for, for the playoffs? And those Brentford games, I think the first one gets glossed over a little bit. Chris Billy's goal, you, you struggle to find the footage of that, but you don't struggle to find the footage of the second one and the celebrations and the yeah. shootout. You know, I think for everybody that will there, I'll say it's one of the best nights. So that, you know, in, in foot, Neil will probably chime in here with probably one of the best nights of supporting Huddersfield Town. He's just unmuting himself. <laughs> I have, yeah. Um, um, unreal. Yeah. Just unreal. And to be honest, nothing compared to that until the second leg at Sheffield Wednesday when we got promoted to the Premier League. Yeah. That that Brentford one was just okay. everything about it ridiculous. Because yeah. even them did it hard way. And, yeah. you know, taking it down to penalties and, and what have you. And well, that, that night at Brentford, you've never heard noise like it. You've yeah. never heard oh, noise. Oh, yeah. Like electric. That. Absolutely electric. Because the fans were behind. Were the fans behind the goal where the penalties were? Or were they? Yeah. No, we, no, we were in, yeah, the where you came out at tunnel, we were in that little two-tier thing. That's right. Paul, Paul Reid were in top tier. So all great. players at end yeah, came singing to Paul Reid at end. He was on crutches when, only reading. Yeah, yeah, when Bully were doing all handstands and stuff. And that, that was just that, ridiculous. And that's yeah. one of those that you just will never, ever, ever forget until yeah. until they are dropped dead. Just unbelievable. Ian, after that first leg, how did you feel about it? Because I, I felt we were always up against it. I thought Brentford did a good job on us in the first leg. And from being on I think, it, I thought maybe a chance maybe had gone. But obviously, yeah. how long can you be? No, no, I'd agree with you. I think the players as well were a little bit taken aback. It was as if we'd gone from being the, 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 the prominent team of that season to suddenly having a bit of a dip and then playing Brentford, who... Who was their striker? Was he was Nicky Forster and Robert Taylor, and they were both bloody good. They were a great pair. That's right. And I reckon at, at Huddersfield, they played well. And I think we all went into that second leg thinking, could be up against it here. These are on form. They're on fire. And they've got them two up front. Nicky Forster, that's right. He was live wire, wasn't he? Tough. Very Taylor good. Taylor was a good player as well. But I think Warnock worked his magic again there. He picked a team to go out and, and basically negate their threats. And uh, and it was in for the long haul, wasn't it? Did you stop down overnight, uh, Ian, or did you travel on the? What was the preparation like for that Brentford second leg? I do you know what? I'd, I'd be I'd be lying if I said I was one hundred percent. But I think we stopped over the night before, trained on the morning, had a chill out in the afternoon, and then you know, I went went and did business on the night. So it was a nice journey home, I'll tell you. <laughs> God, what a, what a game there! Penalties wise, mate, what what were your feelings coming into that? Did you think we were? We were going to do it, or were you just thinking, please, no? I think when it went to penalties, I think we grew in confidence. I think, like I say, going into the game, we may be thinking, I mean, hey, could be up against it here. But as the game wore on, and they, I think I, my memories of it aren't great, but I don't think they really look like Scott, you know, like beating us on the night. And I think when it got to penalties, I think I think when I looked around and the players looked confident, confident as hell, every one of them. Almost I think they all went in, didn't they? No one missed a penalty, did they? Uh, it's iron- almost ironic in a way that the only player to score at Wembley in the penalty shootout the year before was the only one then to miss. Pat Scully missed, didn't he, with Kevin Deard and uh, made oh, the save. Yeah. And the, one of the yeah. Brentford fans let the air horn off just as he was about to kick it, didn't he? And you can see it on That's the video. Right. And it I was just thinking kind of... the all star, but no, you're right, yeah. Pat missed his, didn't he? Did, and um, Denny Mundy, uh, Darren Bullock got the win. Denny Mundy and uh, Jamie Bates. Uh, you, the look on Jamie Bates, is, I think it's Jamie Bates. The look on his face. as he Jamie Bates. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember when you watch it, 
when, when you see highlights afterwards, and, and let's be fair, we all watched them God knows how many times, and it was Gerald Sinstat who were doing commentary, famous commentator. Yeah. And he, from watching it afterwards, obviously you, you don't get any of that when you're there on night. You're just totally embroiled in whatever. And, but obviously you watch every clip you possibly can after. And I remember him saying when Jamie Bates got ball, his longest serving Brentford player, club captain, you're missing, aren't you? You, you, before he's even picked that, yeah. you missed him. Don't take yeah. it, son. You know, yeah. John said yeah. Champions League final, he's going to miss it. Yeah. It's one of those, it's almost scripted for him to yeah. make a complete ash. I mean, I mean, Bullet, Bullet, Bullet's penalty would have been an awful pen. Neil, were you one of the best ones I've ever seen. Were you in yeah. top tier or bottom tier on that, that night? Bottom tier. Yeah. Getting absolutely just, crushed to bits. It was brilliant. I just remember <laughs> that Bullet penalty, you couldn't see hardly anything because you're quite low and no. legs. I just saw, I just like, and just saw the ball like just through someone's legs and it just hit the net. It were, it so, were, and everyone just ran back the other way. Do you remember celebrating here? I think, I mean, Ian, sorry, everyone just like come charging through the back the, towards oh, the it was mental, absolutely mental. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, like you say, you'll, you'll never forget them. They're the nights that, no matter what level of football you play at, you'll never forget them nights. No, and I think no, the- as fans, that's what that's what life is as a fan. That those are the moments. Yeah, that you want yeah. the that Sheffield Wednesday away second leg playoffs. Yeah, um, Chelsea when we stayed up in Premier League. Yeah. Those moments in in time, you'd never ever trade them for anything else in your life because they yeah. are. That's they're why you want football. It's something else. Yeah, they're the moments you go to 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 Shrewsbury and get soaked wet through and and you Absolutely, lose. Absolutely, yeah. They're the they moments make, that they make them worthwhile. They're yeah. they're completely worthwhile. Then seeing us get beat, you know. Six two at Scunthorpe and four nil at Macclesfield and stuff like that. Then you, yeah. you know, th- those nights are they're, 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 they're the dream nights, aren't they? Yeah, can't they have the dream yeah. night. Wembley, Wembley coming up. Ian, just a quick one, but Matt, before you come back in, did you ever think that'd be Neil Warnock's last game coming into the playoff final or not? No. I had no idea. I don't think anyone did. We knew there was something going on. We knew there was something going on because um, who was chairman? Terry Fisher and him and Terry were really close. Really, you know, a good relationship. And I think you could sense a bit of a, f- I might be wrong here, but you could sense a bit of a, there was something upsetting between them. Not handbags, it was, you know, there was that close relationship maybe wasn't as close towards the end of that season. I've heard all sorts of stories about why that might be, but it'd just be gossip, to be honest. But um, no, I never saw Warnock leaving at the end of that season. He's done well, to, like, ha- he's done well yeah. to hide it then and, and- guide you through the, the playoffs, hasn't he? Because I think he, he must have had that lined up because it was like almost the day after he went to Plymouth. But talk yeah. us through Wembley, winning the play, you know, winning the playoff semi-finals, you get that little break, don't you, to, you know, yeah. I guess as a footballer, you want that Wembley game to come round as fast as, as fast as humanly possible. There's like a 10 to 14 day wait, isn't there, to go from yeah. playoff semi. How, how did you kind of cope with that? Did they take you off anywhere? How did Neil Warnock prepare? Yeah, I wish I could remember because... <laughs> As with all these things, they become a blur because of that good. You, you sort of it be, does become a blur. We we we'll have gone somewhere. It took us somewhere. But I can't remember exactly where it was. It might have been might have been somewhere like Turkey or something. Can't honestly can't remember. I wish I could. John Dyson, do you man, ask him. Man, Warnock, it'll have been somewhere. Devon Cornwall, it's one of them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. And and it was that was yeah. Right, here's your bit of a break, and then back down to business. And and the whole build up to the game was um, ultra-professional. Learn what you, you, the mistakes you maybe made 12 months ago. Um, believe in yourselves. And he really made us believe that 
this was our time. This was we're the best team in the league in our heads. Um, everything was right. You know, there was it was just about a full team, a full squad of players to pick from. And yeah, going to Wembley, the the whole experience. We stayed down obviously the night the night before um, in a hotel near Wembley. Went out. He did his. We had a little drink in the hotel bar. Those who wanted a pint could have a pint. Those who wanted a coke could have a coke. That was his way. He, he, he trusted you not to be stupid. Hardly anyone did. I don't think had pints. They just said that's a coke because they knew how big a game it was. But he gave you the option. He was he treated you like adults, you know. Um, but yeah, that uh, <clears throat> again we did the chip around Wembley the day before the game, and you just felt something special was going to happen here. Um, and then of course the next day. I think I'll take, obviously, when I look back at the game, I think about coming on and you can hear the song as I'm coming on. That was, we'll go into that later, maybe. But the build up to the game that morning was immense. And then, do you remember Wembley Way? That in, in, you're on the coach and the coach takes you into Wembley. I mean, it was, it was a sea of Huddersfield Town fans. It was never, you'll never, I'm on the bus looking out at all these fans. It was just, you can't describe it. It was that good, that exciting. And I think we all knew it was like, yeah, we want to do it for us, but it really was a sense of we've got to do this today. We've got to do this for, for them lot. Because it was when the word droves, they were out there in droves. And this was this must have been two hours before kickoff, three hours before kickoff. I think we arrived at Wembley and it was we'd been told there was a lot there. We'd been told to expect the journey in to take a while. So we set off early, obviously, and it took ages to get actually into the ground because the whole the whole Wembley way was just a wash of Huddersfield Town fans. It was immense. I, th- I think the game itself, it showed the character that he put in the side. Because obviously we went 1-0 up, stroke of half-time. And before you've got to half-time, it's one all. Yeah. So you've got, you've got that massive high and then yeah. sort of kicked in nuts straight away. And yeah. uh, and to be fair, I don't think anybody argued this. Best player on pitch scored equaliser. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Mar- Marcus Stewart, we all know about Marcus Stewart. He was... Mm-hmm. If you look he, back, he, 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 he didn't deserve to lose that day, but Sam deserved to win. Um, did, he, did he hit the crossbar? He hit the crossbar. Yeah, there, absolute yeah. thunderbolt. I also remember him because he, he, he wore headband. Yeah, band, yeah. Headband on, and he, yeah. he was he, he was ridiculous that day. But yeah. it was that it was a team spirit that won the day that day. We we were just yeah. better than them as a, as a team, one to eleven. Yeah. And obviously, when you came on, they, I think going back from memory, crowd then we. You're coming on, and, and as a fan, you're thinking, right, this is it now. That some, yeah. Something will happen because you you tended to come on, and something happened. Yeah. It, all of that's just how it went from from your first minute in a time shirt, to be honest. Yeah. It's nice and, uh, and lo and behold, it happened. Yeah, you know, it's, it's nice just say that because as I was going on, Walmart, <laughs> his words to me were Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Um, this is your moment. Go and do something. I think that was literally all he said. This is your moment. Go and do something. Because yeah, he used me, he used me as a son, didn't he? To be brutally yeah. honest, the way he used me as a footballer uh, worked. You know, whenever there was, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but whenever a town was struggling at home, he'd send me for a warm. If I was on the bench and I hadn't started, he'd send me for a warm up. Yeah, perk everybody up. Yeah, because the fans yeah. were, you'd suddenly hear everyone singing this song. And, and, it, yeah. and it was just the people down the side of the, the track. And then yeah. suddenly the whole stadium were singing the song just because it was a song to sing, I think. But he knew when to do it. He knew when he needed the crowd to give the rest of the team a lift. Yeah, he'd bring us on and, and of course by that time I was I was wound up like a spring, ready to go. So yeah, he just knew what he was doing. And, and that day at Wembley did exactly the same. He must have sent me out for about 10 warm-ups in that second in that second half. Well, how, how, how did that feel? I mean you're coming on in a playoff final, sixty thousand people in place. It's deafening. Yeah. I'll, I'll describe that. You, you know, it's said to you, "Don't know, you're on two minutes. Get your tracksuit off. You're on." Yeah. What then? In that moment, what what are you thinking then? Uh, I mean, again, it might sound conceited. I, I felt I could. I was going to do something. I just felt. Well, this is. He's told me that this is my moment. I'm going to go and do something. Let's go and do it. I mean, I could never have planned what actually happened, but. I just felt something would happen. Something we weren't going to lose that game. Um, to be fair, uh, only way to make that better is if Billy crosses it and you're on the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd have been. I mean, that would have been a dream. It really would have. But yeah, he said, "Go out there. This is your moment. Do something." Blah blah. blah. I remember coming on and, and because I'd done my warm up before, and you could. I mean, I don't know how many town fans were there. Was it 40, 35,000 40, of the and. Uh, they were singing this song, and of course, I could not wait to get on. So I was probably 110% above my natural brain ability. I was ready to go. And he did it right again. He got the fans singing the song, the players, and everyone knew it was like a build-up to the crescendo yeah. of what would be me coming on. And I look back at it when I see it on TV, and, you know, you can, as you're watching me walk, get me top off, and then I'm running onto the pitch in real time. You can hear the crowd singing the song and it's like I wish it wasn't me telling the story but you can hear it you can hear it quietly can't you just quietly it's like injecting adrenaline into player yeah. and crowd yeah yeah that was buzz, the what that natural buzz and, yeah. and you, you just felt when you're coming on in that situation like I've said you've done it coming on like, yeah. something's going to happen something will happen and it's, it's hard to believe in, it's, in, it's, it's, yeah in real time I can hear them singing and the ball comes to me across uh, Boothy and to be fair, all you need to do is put the ball in the box for Booth and he'd, he'd win the header. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, he's dead there, back across goal and, and Chris Billy scored. I mean, yeah. I, I also remember the one thing I remember with Chris Billy getting interviewed afterwards. And he said, how did you feel after he scored, Chris? He just went squashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone jumped on him, didn't they? Literally everybody Brilliant. jumped on him. Brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, some moment, that. Some mm-hmm. moment. Unbelievable, yeah. What were the celebrations like afterwards? Because obviously you have your civil ceremony, don't you? What was the sort of social aspect like after winning at Wembley and getting promoted? Can't imagine it being very good with Warnock, to be honest. The, the night, the night of, <laughs> the night of, um, we went, we 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 drove back on the bus up to Huddersfield and we went to Johnny's. Um, you know, remember the nightclub? A nightclub struck bar, wasn't it, Johnny's? And he 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 kicked it out just for us upstairs, and then they. 
basically all the fans must have known that's where the team were going. And there was a there was thousands outside Johnny's bar, whatever it was, and the windows were open and just singing back and forth. It was electric. And then we went and stayed at um oh there's a hotel out on the Wakefield Road. That's where we were staying the night after the game. If we'd have lost, I think we wouldn't have stayed there. But we all went back and um I don't think I don't think we got to bed. I think Scully got his guitar out and started singing Irish Rover. Uh Every time someone was heading for the door, Ronnie would grab him, so he had to get another one. It was, um, yeah, it's just immense, immense times. And then, obviously, Neil Warnock, Neil Warnock leaves, the bombshell gets dropped, and in comes Brian Horton. Uh, was he a manager that you got on with? Because you kind of, again, used as more of a sub, were you, for that sort of start? Yeah. I remember you playing against Blackpool in the, in the cup. Uh, I remember hitting the crossbar from about 35 yards against Blackpool in that in that cup game. Yeah. Uh, how was Brian Horton then compared to the others? Because he's someone, a very different, very different kind of manager who, who dropped down from Man City and seemed to have a, bit, a very different philosophy, one which uh, Cozzy over there wasn't overly fond with, were you? <laughs> Every now and then with the, it's not about them, it's about us kind of thing that I used to Yeah, I just, I mean, I just kind of felt that with, with Warnock, you know, God, it's like the Wagner thing with no limits, we could do anything with any players, but, I thought Brian Orton, well, he knew best. He, he'd seen it all, enough fans and maybe even players, you know. Yeah. He, he, would, he was almost like a, a school teacher. And I just yeah. said to the guy, and from all the excitement and the, on the journey we were on to meet with, in that first game, we got absolutely battered at Oldham. And to me, I just walked away thinking, wow, it feels like a different club now. Yeah. That Oldham game were really weird because first game of the season, <clears throat> obviously you're excited. Bit of trepidation because Warnock gone. And I also remember we got absolutely stuffed, didn't we? 3 0. They murdered us. I remember Lee Richardson for them, who came to us eventually, was best player on part that day. And uh, town fans were all in us because we were passing ball about and getting four and five and six passing moves. I'm thinking, you beat three, did you? This is what you're all in for. It's not about that. It's about winning, isn't it? Well, that's, that's how I remember it. It was we'd gone from being the pretty team, but getting beat, to becoming the really ugly team and winning in nice attacking with with a good attacking direct football to I think when Horton came in he tried to revert he'd come from a higher level hadn't he and he yeah. wanted us to play he wanted us to play football he got Lee Makel in now Lee in the right team was a good player but he was very, very pretty but he wasn't much end weren't really much end product um so players like me who was more direct was probably never gonna have a chance even though you know so I, Looking back at it, you know, a little bit of regret for me is that I, I knew I wasn't the best player in the world, but I could run, I could cross, and I, I would do everything I could for the team. And, and that's why probably I played for Warnock and Rossmick Buxton. I always felt with, with Brian Orton, I wasn't his kind of pretty, pretty footballer. One that would pass a three-yard pass and get it back and then pass another three-yard pass and, and do little triangles and build a move up, which is what we see... You know, all the really good players can all do that. I wasn't that kind of player. I was very, give me the ball, I'll do something really quickly, and then I'll get back into position. I sort of taught what to do. Like, tactically, if I was told what to do, I could do it. Whereas I do think that when Brian Parton came in, he wanted a totally different style of football to what we'd all got used to. We were all direct, fast. And that's not being belittling us. that We played good football as well, I felt good direct football there's nothing wrong with that he wanted us to build build and build and i it was to be honest brutally honest it was boring like you just said there neil you're all in five six passes it's only because you haven't seen that in the previous two years but 
what did it actually achieve? And it didn't really, in, in them certainly in early stages, when I was saying, well, I was at Civil at the Cup, we weren't achieving much. We were looking pretty and getting beat, looking pretty, getting beat. And uh, yeah, I just, I knew, I knew my days were probably numbered under him. That I lasted so long is quite amazing, to be honest. I, I would have been, I would have been like Cosy with Brian Orton. I found it very hard to like him. Mm. There was just nothing about him I could like. He's, yeah. he's probably a really nice fella. But... Yeah, I think essentially, uh, you know, I didn't really know him massively well. He, he was he was all right. Yeah. Um, I think he'd come from a level of football that I think there was a little bit of the big I am. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to, I've got Huddersfield yeah. Town now and we're going to play like this and we're going to play. Yeah. And it just, it just didn't work. Didn't, no. It was never going to, we didn't have the players to do it, you know. And if you are going to do that, it's got to be a slow process on it. It's got to be, yeah. you know, steady away. Let's just do it two or three at a time. Yeah. And, and build, and build. you know, get, get your two or three core players in. Start yeah. building around them, but don't go, bang, this is what we're doing. Especially when, you know, for the last 18 months it had been so successful, especially the previous 12 months, especially if that had been, yeah. you know, one of the most successful periods in club's history, let's be honest. Yeah, so trying to reinvent that overnight were crazy, really. Yeah, we had a group of players who knew what they were doing and how to do it, and the fans, yeah. the fans loved it. The fans were behind it, so I think winning football, everybody loves winning football. You can you yeah. can play however you want, but yeah. if you if you give us a team that's, I mean, we've all knocked teams. You, you knew you were going to score two or three every week. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting to go watch. Are you going to get two or three every week? And that you know yeah. that's that. And it won't. I know you, you're calling it direct, and I and I get why. It's not that it won't long ball. No, no, they got the ball. ball. They got the ball forward fast, but it won't kick and run no. and hoof stuff. It no, were, no. you know, get it wide, get it into the building, jet and play off them. And it's, yeah. it were, it, it were good. It were good. Yeah. It were exciting well, to watch. And it was well, successful. Well, I've got a really unfair tag about long ball. It wasn't long ball. Yeah. No, it was well. good attacking direct football. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, nine times out of ten, I'd rather go and watch that kind of game. I liken it to watching Spanish football. Yeah, I can do watch Spanish football. It bores me to, to death, to tears, literally. Cos is about to jump at you there. He's a big fan of Scott, uh, Spanish football. Because like he's just jumped out, <laughs> chat and gone home. Two good hours, and that's it. We should end yeah. it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, during, during my time as a footballer, I couldn't watch Spanish football because it was it was it was it was lovely, but it was really it was just overly tactical. But that's not belittling it. It it, it was clearly good football. Do want my kind of football, and that's the. What I like, Spanish style of football as opposed to an English style. It's a lot better now, Ian. But Matt, I don't want to talk about this because this is when he leaves Huddersfield. You can do it, mate. I'm, uh, I'm too upset to even say these words. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to paint it in a positive light because you left Huddersfield, which was sad. You know, the sort of breaking down of that Warnock team was quite sad, to be honest. It, it, they all left at different points and different times, but. On the plus side, you got to go to Chesterfield, spend a few years there, and you were involved in that Chesterfield team, which got to the semi-finals of the FA Cup and lost to Middlesbrough on the replay, weren't you? Which yeah. think, was it? Jamie Hewitt scoring at Chesterfield. Yeah. Remember him scoring? Uh, and very we should close. have been seeing a look at one point, and uh, Ellery ruled it out, and it was a it was a good yard and a half over the line. And Middlesbrough were done at that point; they were beat. Um, but they, they didn't get that goal got disallowed, and you knew Middlesbrough had something else. Which, it was like a switch. Ravinelli and, and Janino suddenly realised they were going to get beat here. Um, and I, I, when I think back to football, they just turned it on. It was as if from nowhere they just became international class footballers and, and, and 
got Middlesbrough right back in that game. I, I remember looking at Brian Robson. His, he was his face was face was as white as as Julo's. He, he was beat. He knew it. And them two switched it on and and they got the three all in the first leg and then the second leg. I think they battered us in the second leg. Five nil. Was it three nil? Yeah, three nil. How did how um, did the move come about then? Because you went to Scunthorpe on loan first. Was it kind of like yeah. a softly, softly, slow realization that you probably weren't going to play enough, or was it? I think I think without being too much of a sob story. I, listen, I knew I was never the best player in the world, but like I say, I'll give everything, try my best, and given instructions, I felt I could carry them out at, at that level. But um, in that preseason, I got I injured myself. Um, Jumping, believe it or not, I was actually not bad in the air. Weirdly, for a small lad, I'd get ahead of the defender and and win my fair share. But I used to get high, quite high off the ground, and everyone commented on it. God, you don't have to jump like you can spring. And uh, I remember playing at Geisley, and it was a pre-season match, and the ground was rock hard. I remember the next morning, I couldn't walk. My left foot underneath the sole of my foot was I, it was that bad. I couldn't walk, so I was injured. Um, Years down the line, I found out, and, and it's a mixture of bad luck and 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 yeah, bit about the bit of bad luck in my time at Huddersfield Town. This injury came around the same time. Do you remember Dave Wilson was a physio, a little guy, yeah, uh, and he fell ill with cancer. He actually died. Um, he fell ill that uh, that that at that time. So I had no physiotherapy for from the moment of that injury. I was. Uh, it's not good to admit this um, from a football club's point of view, but I had no physiotherapy. We had standing physios coming in for the first couple of months. And my foot, I was doing all the wrong things. I was, they was told to keep, keep it moving, keep it moving. Whereas the only fix for it was to do nothing. Well, I was working on it, trying to train, then breaking down, trying to play, then breaking down. I'd get to a spe- spell where I, I could run again. Um, I think they sent me on loan to Scunthorpe to get match fitness, and which was you know, in, in the right spirit of things. And within two games, I couldn't run again. And, if, and it's, it's something called plantar fasciitis. It's, it's a well-known injury now in football. And I, I, I basically had all the wrong treatment. So when I look back a little bit tinged with regret in that I was just unlucky. I didn't have an expert telling me what your injury was. Now, I'm not saying I would have had longer at town had I kept myself fit, but I think I probably would have had a better chance of getting into the team had I been 100% fit. And this injury really knocked me back, knocked me for six, really. Um and I never really got back in. I, I had a couple of sub appearances and I kind of knew my days were numbered. I knew I wasn't really sort of a Brian Houghton style player. Um, and then, yeah, I, I got uh, I got the, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking because I'd have stayed there the rest of my life, to be honest. Um, I loved the place. I'd have stayed there as, a, as a, I'd been happy in the reserves. Um, it felt like home to me. Um, but yeah, then I got the call saying, listen, uh, we feel it'd be better for you. Go into it, gonna. We feel it'd be better for you in your career. You're 27. Um, get yourself out and get some games. And I'm like, don't really want to go here. But they put me on the transfer list, so I had no, I had no choice really. Um, and within a week, played a reserve game. I remember staying at John Dyson's house. Um, and then on Thursday morning, got the phone call. Early doors, come in quickly. Someone's coming for you. Um, but they need to know quickly for this rule, the FA Cup rule, because um, we were playing Chesterfield, we were playing Wrexham within the seven days, uh, and Huddersfield had agreed the deal with Chesterfield. Basically, that Thursday morning, said, listen, offer's been accepted. We're unlikely to offer you a new contract. So this was in the February, I think. Um, my contract was up in the June, and Brian Orton had said, listen, you, you're unlikely to get a new contract here. Go and get yourself a good deal elsewhere. So I had no choice. There was, you know, I couldn't, I 
can I say at Huddersfield, I'd have got there in June, I'd have been amongst hundreds of others out of contract. So I went down to Chesterfield, spoke to them, and I knew I knew it wasn't right. But I, I, I won't go into it, but I knew it wasn't right at the time. Um, but it was a good, it was a two and a half year contract. And to be honest, at 27, out of contract in three months' time, it, it felt like I had, I had no real option. Um, I signed for Chesterfield. The big thing was it was FA Cup, and I was a little bit excited about that because it could have been a lot worse. Couldn't it? I could have been going to the bottom of Division 3 team, whatever it was. They had an FA Cup quarterfinal, and they're on a run. So I kind of thought, hey, I don't know, FA Cup, me, um, you just never know. And of course, yeah, so I signed for them, uh, and I played. I came on in the quarterfinal against Wrexham. Um, but I always felt at Chesterfield I was signed to bulk up the squad. I never felt on day one, really, that I was there to go into the team. And I should have seen that coming, really. But I think I got a bit um, deluded with the, the, the whole romance of the cup thing. You know, like it was mentioned to me in my interviews, hey, you've got this cup record. Do you think you can bring it to Chesterfield? Like, yeah, 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 sure I can. Um, I'm sure enough, we won the, the quarterfinal, the semifinal. Um, it was a personal disaster for me because I thought I was going to be in the squad. And I call it the keeper's union. Came back to bite me on the bum because. Um, Without going into it too much, the bonuses for playing, for being in that FA Cup semi-final squad were huge. Now, I was never motivated by money, but the fact he could play an FA Cup semi-final and the, the first team squad were also going to get these huge bonuses obviously played on some people's minds because the day before, our goalkeeper went down injured. We'd never been injured all season. Um, and my mate is actually lived in York. Andy Leaning was the reserve goalkeeper of Chesterfield at that time. And I always thought, the first team keeper's gone down injured there is because we weren't going to have a, a goalkeeper on the bench. And of course, the goalkeeper got put on the bench and I ended up not in not in the squad. So I missed out on, oh, I had a paid to play, but I missed out on the chance of playing the FA Cup semi-final. I was in the squad, but not in the match day squad. So that was a bit sad, really. Um, but there you go. Well, on a, on a cheery note, you, yeah, you, you mentioned, you mentioned several times there that you're not the, the best player, etc. which, sorry to disagree with you, but I thought you were a good player. And, in 2004, oh, all Huddersfield Town fans voted you, well, not all, but Huddersfield Town fans voted you as the all-time favourite cult hero of Huddersfield Town, and that includes people like Frank Worthington, Boothie, Jepson, Darren Bullock, etc., you know. So the, the Huddersfield Town and their fans obviously thought a lot about you as a, as a player, as a person, so that accolade, you know, meant a lot to us to give to you, but yeah. just hope that, it, you know, it, it, uh, it, it was oh, a nice way to sort of indent your, or, or yeah. bookend your... Oh yeah, I mean, when I when I sort of like effectively say I wasn't the best player, what I mean was I'm, I was never going to be sold for a million pounds, and I, I, I knew that. But yeah, I I'm thank thank you very much for saying that, and I think I knew it at the time. I knew the fans liked how I played football. They knew that I was honest, I tried my best, and and I was happy with that. Believe you me, and just having the fan support, and I'll just say it now is was massive for me to be honest. And that's why I say I'd, I'd have stayed there to play in the reserves because I knew I was appreciated by Huddersfield Town fans. Perversely, I think I was a pretty Chesterfield fans. I always got on with them as well. And, and York City fans always got on well. Because I think football fans, they know which players are trying the best. Now, when yeah. I say player, I was never going go to go to... Watching players that care. And yeah. That. And yeah. As a fan, I was paying your hard-earned every week. Yeah. If you, if you rock up, watching somebody like you who's come from sort of non-league into this... It was still a crazy football world in early nineties. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah to come from non-league into that and give what you give as a player to us, 
you, you know, you, you've given up some of the best memories we'll ever have as a, as a football fan. And, and, that's, and likewise. That, and yeah. that, can't, that can't ever be taken away. And, yeah, it works both ways. So it shouldn't be. So, you know, Brian, Brian Orton's got a lot to feel bad about. I never liked <laughs> Yes, he has. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I, I think real football fans know which players. I, uh, I can always forgive someone for if they make a mistake, but you know they've tried their absolute best to do their best for the team. Where some players, you just get the feeling football fans know the ones. They know the ones that are show pony and are they'll, they'll, they'll shy away from the real. We've, we've got a club riddle with them at minute. If we're being brutally honest, and, <laughs> you know, there's quite a few of them have been bombed out for, for yeah. exactly that reason. And that there is, there's no affinity there with people like that. There's no affinity with somebody who's cost thirteen million quid and just don't care. No. But there's affinity with somebody who's cost a bag of balls and a check. So yeah. old players like they give a shit every week. Yeah. That, that's that's the difference, yeah. and that's why you were successful at Huddersfield Town, and why you'll always be remembered very, very highly, and very, very fondly by. I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd say, all town fans, not not yeah. just some, all town fans, without a doubt. One thing, sorry, one thing I forgot to mention. It was on my list of important things to talk about as well. Is that not only are you the the first ever footballer to appear on this, uh, first ever Huddersfield Town footballer to ever appear on this podcast, past or present. You also have a bigger accolade, which is that you were the first English footballer or the first person in the English game to score a golden goal against Lincoln City. In, in oh, I thought, I thought I'd missed this when, when I went outside. No, I had it teed up and then it, it got yeah. skimmed. But, you know, that, that's, that must be a huge thing. And how, how did that feel? And also one thing I always wanted to ask is how does it feel when you're either new to a club or you come on and you've got, you know, Wembley, you've got 27,000 people singing. I think there was 27, 28,000 Huddersfield fans or so there or something like that. And they're they're all singing, he's got no hair, but we don't care, Ian, Ian. Yeah. And how does that feel, you know, when them, yeah. when these people are sort of singing your name? And I think they used to sing the old Ian Dun Dun Dun, the Ian Wright chant, didn't they, at first? And yeah, then the, he's yeah, got no yeah. hair thing came along. Yeah. And did you did you enjoy that chant? I know we, we enjoyed it because we stole it for Aaron Moy later on, didn't we? But yeah. how, how did you did you enjoy that? Was that... I think, How did it make you feel, really, is what I'm going with? It's hard. It's hard to describe it, but it gave me such a lift from, like I say, coming from non-league and thinking I have not probably not got a career in football to suddenly hitting the sweet spot and everything. It, I knew I was at a big club. I knew I was um, going to do, do kind of all right with them. Everything seemed to work. But then when you've also got the fans on your side as well, and, yeah, when they started singing this, this song, it's, it's yeah, I look back and I think even as a sub, I used to enjoy going for a warm-up because you'd get, like I say, warm-up knew what he was doing because a, a few of them would start singing it and then the whole, suddenly the, the, it felt like to me a crescendo of people singing my name. And uh, I remember when he first got sung for Aaron Moy and I was I'm almost a bit annoyed. You can't, you can't have that. You can't <laughs> yeah. sing that. No. We don't, not you can't, player, you can't share that. You don't sing that. You cannot <laughs> share that. Yeah. It's, uh, no, it was immense. I just, I mean, I think um, it's lovely to hear what you are saying about me as a as a fan of a footballer. I think it did, does work both ways, especially especially for me and um, and Huddersfield Town fans. That uh, link, communication, camaraderie, whatever it is, affinity. Um, it was massive for me. Massive. Uh, it made, you've you've been in? involved in a team that made us cry for right reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's as, as a football fan. To, to a player, that's the biggest accolade you can give a player. That yeah, you know, yeah. we've all cried plenty of times at some bloody awful stuff, but you know, to to cry at the good stuff and for you to be a massive part of that, that that's football, isn't it? That's what that is, yeah. that's why even, that's why you pay your money and go through turnstiles to see people like you. 
even just sat here and you guys remembering me, you know, Huddersfield yeah. team, what you're saying to me is, trust me, it's appreciated. It's, uh, yeah, it reminds us of a, a life that was amazing. You know, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah, without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight. I'm aware that we're obviously taking you away from your, your other half. Um, would you be up for a one-minute quick lightning round of questions? It's not, it's nothing nothing amazing, nothing, no quiz or anything, not, not quiz master that like you've got. You look terrible, yeah. Uh, there were just little points that I couldn't fit into the whole thing. But, uh, one second. Yeah, sure. You know what's coming? Is that, oh, the, is that the golden oh. ball? Oh, the golden oh, ball. Oh, look yeah. at that belter. Ian, just put it out here. We'll uh, take a picture of it. Hang on a sec. I'm going to take just a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, oh, look at that. Just talk, Ian, and then it'll come up with your face then. <laughs> yeah. This is the golden goal. This is the golden ball I got on the, uh, yeah, Brilliant. for uh, just going wow. the golden goal. So, wow. <laughs> it's got surviving on its plaque. He's dusting, but hey. Um, so I thought I'd share that with you. That's brilliant. I'm obviously as proud as punch of that. And then, of course, yeah. I don't know if you can see this, but yeah, it's the, that's the real deal. The medal from the <sighs> Ensley League champions. Yeah, amazing. Love it. That's huge. Yeah. I don't know if that's just holding it up close, but it looks huge. It is a big one, to be fair. The Ensley Insurance, yeah. I used to remember the wow. game tunes as well from the highlights and stuff they used to put on. And I always remember the phone number from, the remember the Ensley Insurance adverts and it used to have like 282820 for the owl on the advert and stuff. Yeah. Silly things that you remember, isn't it, when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Silly things that you'll remember. Oh, I remember anything silly, mate. I'm all for, I'm all for silly stuff. <laughs> so, well, it's not really a lightning round, it's just questions I couldn't fit in, but... Yeah. Best character um, that you've played with at Huddersfield? As in funny? Could be anything. Could be best character for any reason. Chervet, Herman Chervet used to crack everyone up. Yeah, the humour. He was so he was just funny. Just yeah, I mean, looks funny for starters, doesn't he? <laughs> that, he's actually funny as well. So he was a cracking fullback with Simon. But yeah, yeah, well, well, good. Eggs and sherry, yay or nay? Yay. Do you like that? For, for, for those that listen, that vote were. Well, remember that? I think Neil Warnock used to make players drink uh, eggs and sherry, didn't he? And you know what? I love a rank it is to drink that. That's just part of a good memory, in it? So that's yeah. going to be a yay, in it? I remember yeah. that. On the you seen, oh, Chris Billy's face. Chris Billy's face when he had to do it. It was, I mean, <laughs> it was on the video. It was all over the shop. We hated it. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, best manager? Oh, well, well, Warnock. I mean, I want to say Ian Ross because he signed me, but Warnock was the best manager. A favourite yeah. game? Um. The obvious one would be the playoff final for everything we've we've discussed tonight. However, I think the debut against Bradford. Never forget yeah. that. Yeah. Favorite ground to visit? To visit or to play at? Play at. We'll we'll go with play at. Highbury. And then we'll go and then we'll go visit. <laughs> Highbury. Yeah, that was immense. And then visit as a uh, radio as a summariser or fan. As a fan, Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, best opponent you've pe- played against? Lee Dixon. Uh, I tell you what, just going to Lee Dixon, I mean, he was a renowned player, wasn't he? But it's when you play against these boys, you realise just how good they are. He was strong, fast, game, you know. Again, not one of them would move for 50 million, but what a player. Yeah. Good pundit. I like him, Neil Knight. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've put here pre-season tours. I was thinking you must have some stories from sort of... Yeah, the tours to Ireland, I think used to play Shelbourne in every season Dublin. in Huddersfield at yeah. one point and others. I was thinking you must have a few few stories from from that. That's not exactly a quick, quick fire one, is it? But I can give you a quick a quick one that just stands out where we were told not to go out with one one night we went out with uh, uh, in Dublin and uh, 
I won't name names because that'd be rotten. But a few of us did go out, and to be brutally honest, I think it was expected by the management. Maybe I don't know. Um, and we were not too late, actually. We we weren't that stupid. We weren't that irresponsible. But we went out, had a couple, and we were. Uh, one of us had a great idea to jump on one of these horse-drawn tours around the city centre. So we've gone on one of them, thinking, you know, no one's going to see us. And the manager was in another one, crossed, literally crossed paths with us. We are, we are there like kings and princes in this, you know, looking around Dublin. And the managers come right past, and you could see him looking at us going, you're in trouble tomorrow, boys. <laughs> We're running you a lot tomorrow. Um, yeah, you may, one of them, you maybe had to be there, but you can picture the scene of four lads who thought they got away with everything, literally within three foot of the management team that told you not to go out. Class. On a horse John carriage, hilarious. It was funny at the time. The, the last one I've got is your all-time Huddersfield 11. It's not really a question, but all-time Huddersfield 11, what would you... Who would you pick? Well, I've just picked players that I, that I played with. That because yeah, yeah, that's that's it. The ones yeah. I played with, yeah, for sure. Oh God, Franny in goal. Um, left back would be Tom Cowan. Centre back would be probably probably Jacko. I like Jacko. And then it's Sarah Scully or Sinner. Probably Pat Scully. Him and Jacko would make a good partnership. Right back would be Berger Trevitt. Left wing because he was uh, brilliant for me. Gary Barnett. Me would play right wing. You have to pick um, after. Yeah. Uli and Ronnie up front and centre midfield would probably be, oh, that's a tough one, probably be Kieran or Regan. And I'm going to miss someone obvious out here, but I think Phil Robinson. I liked Phil Robinson. I said just because I liked him. I said it was a nice beforehand, I've been watching some old footage and I didn't like Phil Robinson when I was a kid. And I've watched him back and I thought, he's not actually a bad footballer. He's just, it was good. He was. We'll sub him out and football in there for you. Just probably can. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what? you know what? I knew I'd miss someone obvious. Bully. Gotta be bully. Yeah, bully. Definitely bully. 100%. Him and Kieran O'Regan would have been a small, but a right handful. Um, yeah, they would. Yeah. Got goals and all. Go for him and bully. So that's a good team, isn't it? Yeah. Playoff winners, I reckon. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it for my for my lightning round. Um, have you guys got anything that you'd like to jump in with, Cosy, Neil? Just thanks, mate. It just it, I always knew going back in memory lane. It's, honestly, you forget about its isolation and uh, yeah. the strange times we live in. But honestly, they were the, such amazing times. And I think it depends where you were with your HTFC journey. But for me, I was just discovering alcohol and yeah. job and women. And then we get promoted. And yeah. life just That's felt... Good. It would is to go back in time, mate. But yeah, just thanks for everything, Ian. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, we, 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 on, on this podcast, we, we've had the privilege of talking to the previous chairman, the current chairman, um, radio pundits, famous fans, etc. But I've got to be honest, this is right up there for me. Oh, um, thank you very much. And, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, Donny, you're only, you're only four years older than me. Um, but to <laughs> say, you know, it's, it's a bit odd to say for somebody who's probably my age-ish that, you know, you're one of the players who... Just to excite me, how, how you played, how you started, a proper football story for me. Just a Thank proper you. football yeah. story. And it's, uh, yeah, been an absolute privilege to talk to you tonight. Thanks for coming on. Really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Pleasure. I didn't want to go all football fanboy or anything on you, but, you know, they always there's always that thing where they say you should never meet your childhood heroes, are they? But I think you've, <laughs> you've completely blown that out of the water. It's been, you know, you as, as nice you. a bloke as what you were hard working on the football pitch. It's been great to yeah. speak to you tonight. Yeah. Oh, really? And hopefully you won't be a stranger to... Uh, so no, what we do yeah. going forward, you're always welcome to come and join us. And big yeah. thanks for for joining 
myself and Cosy and Neil before on the, the Love Sport Radio on Friday night as well when that gets that's a pleasure no thank you very much I've, I've appreciated everything tonight it's been uh, it's also been great for me to, to things that you maybe don't ordinarily think about and you've brought up memories that spark little things in my head as well so it's been uh, been good thank you very much and, th- and thank you very no, much to you. Mrs Dunn as well for allowing us uh, yeah. a little bit of extra time as well at the end I there, think so. my missus would love to get to do it for a couple of hours it's just about 10 hours isn't it yeah thank you brilliant thanks so much Ian thank you very much cheers Donnie take care legend See you later. You go home and you sit in your room and you think, now when and how am I ever going to get away from this? And now you know. Come let your head down. Tonight we will walk these streets. I used to walk them alone Now we will walk together
Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 